Welcome to Process to Profitability, a podcast all about the tools and strategies you need to serve your clients and grow your small business, hosted by me, Samantha Mabe of Lemon in the Sea. Join me as I chat with creative entrepreneurs and small business owners about how they built and grew their businesses and how you can do the same in a way that fits you. Let's get started. You're listening to episode 115 of Process to Profitability. Today, I'm talking about how I'm not doing it all. Being a mom and a business owner isn't easy. Right now, we've chosen to keep our baby at home, which means that I'm constantly bouncing back and forth between work and motherhood. It hasn't been an easy. I've struggled with accepting that I can't do it all. Today, I'm sharing how I've come to almost be okay with the fact that things aren't going to look the way I hope they will, and how I'm setting my priorities for both my business and my family. I'm also going to give you a glimpse into what my schedule looks like in this season of life and how asking for help has made running a business while raising a six-month-old so much easier. So to get started, I want to talk about a topic that is a struggle for me, and that's letting go of things. So I have always been a type A person. I like to do everything. I want my hands on all the things. I'm not great at delegating. And so when I first had our son and I had to let go and not do everything every day, it was really hard. I felt like I was falling behind and failing as a business owner because I wasn't able to put in as much time and effort as I used to be able to. I could no longer sit at my computer for 30 or 40 hours a week and work. Instead, I was limited to nap times and before beds and early mornings, and that's a lot harder to get things done. And because of my personality, the anxiety that I have, the type A personality, I wanted to be able to do all of those things and have it look just like it did before. But I've slowly come to realize that it's not going to happen that way. We have got a six-month-old baby at home with us, and we are not putting him in daycare or having someone watch him right now. So that's my responsibility at the same time that my business is. One of the most important conversations my husband and I had since becoming parents took place on our porch a couple of months after he was born. And I basically asked my husband, I said, I am really overwhelmed with all of the things that need to get done. And I would like to know what your priorities are for our family. What I wanted to know was, does it matter If the dishes get cleaned every night, do you want the laundry folded and put away right away? What of those kind of chores in our home are most important to you? And then what do priorities look like between work and life and raising our son? My husband coaches volleyball in the fall, and so one of his priorities was that I be able to make time to come to games occasionally. And that meant setting other things like dishes and homemade dinners aside sometimes, But because we had that conversation, we were able to be open and have communication about what it was that was going to be most important for our family. We weren't going based off of what everybody else was doing or what looked good from the outside. And what I learned, I should have known this already, was that those chores that keeping the house spotless are not his priority. Those are not the things that he thinks are most important. And so while I really like to have a sink that is empty of dishes when I go to bed at night, sometimes it doesn't happen. And I can do that not feeling guilty because I know it's not going to bother him. And I just have to let go of the fact that I can't do it all. I can no longer put in the time and effort 
to do all of those little things the way that I used to. So how am I balancing my time with my son and working right now? This is a really tricky one. So the biggest thing that I have learned is that things do not go according to plan. You might hear him crying in the background as I'm recording this in the evening because I needed to get it done. And that's okay. Sometimes that happens when you're a mom. Usually I get my best work done during nap times and I'm really thankful to little Z sleep. I follow her on Instagram. I've taken her newborn and her four to five month courses for helping me get him to take fairly good naps and to go to bed really well in the evenings, except tonight, of course. It has been a huge blessing to know that even though sleep is not always perfect, I can reliably know that he's going to go to bed when I put him to bed. And we are going to get nap times in most days. Now, there are seasons where he does not nap very well. We're in one of those right now because he is sick, he's on medicine, and it just doesn't make him feel very good. So a lot of our naps are in a stroller or in the car, and that means very few work hours. But when I can have the consistency of naps, that means I've got a couple of dedicated hours that I can get work done, and I don't have to worry about feeling like he is not getting paid attention to and that I'm not pouring into him. The other thing that I've learned is our son is pretty independent, and this might not be true of all babies, but he is way ahead in all of the physical things he's supposed to be doing. So he wants to be on his own playing on the floor. And while that means less baby snuggles for me, it also means that I can put him in his playpen next to me and actually get work done. But I'm also very intentional about setting aside time to get on the floor and play with him, engage with him. We go to story time at our local library every week. And while I'm not sure he's into it yet. It's a good time for me to just say, I've got a half an hour with him where I don't have anything else to do. Or we do sensory activities on our kitchen floor. We are very blessed to have tile. And so I will set out a cookie sheet with water and toys, and he will just go to town in that. And it's a lot of fun for me to get to watch him. And it's good for him to know that I'm right there. Every evening right now after dinner, we go in his nursery and we hang out on the floor. He can play with toys or he can crawl all over me, whatever it is that he wants to do. But I've got that dedicated time to spend with him. So when I'm not spending time with him, I don't have to feel guilty because I've been really intentional with the time that I do have. My next tip for any parent out there, and I am still working on this one, is to ask for help. When I am trying to record a podcast, especially with a guest, or I've got a lot of work to do, or I'm just feeling overwhelmed and stressed, I have friends that I can call and let them watch our son for two or three hours at a time. It doesn't take up my whole day. It doesn't take up their whole day, but it gives me a little bit of a break to concentrate on the things that need to get done with focused attention. So when I'm doing a podcast interview with a guest, I don't need to be getting up and getting him down for a nap or running around the house or telling him not to chew on the cable that somehow slipped into his playpen. All I have to do is focus on them. And I've got so many friends who have been willing to watch him that it's not really a drain on my resources, which is a huge blessing for me. 
I also have two people that I hire at work to. So I have a social media manager, Katie Doherty. She is amazing. She schedules out all of my posts for Facebook and Twitter, and she does the podcast posts on Instagram. And she keeps me accountable for the Instagram posts I'm supposed to be doing so that we can work together and make sure all of that is going out the way that it should. And it's something off my plate. I don't even have to think about it. The other person I work with is Rachel Jamison, and she is my podcast editor. So every time I have a podcast ready to go, I just upload it all to a Google Drive folder. She checks it out. She does the editing. She schedules it to release. She lets me know that it's there, and then I can do any last-minute things that I need to do as far as emailing guests. It makes it much easier because when I first started, I would spend hours editing podcasts, and now I really don't have the time to do that. So this is a much better option for us there. If you are looking for either of those type of people, make sure you check them out. I've linked to their websites in the show notes. They are amazing and have been a huge blessing in this season of my life. When was the last time you checked to make sure your website was healthy? The only way to know if your website is serving your business and working correctly is to make maintenance a regular part of your to-do list. I've created a maintenance guide at lemonandthesea.com maintenance that will help you get a picture of how your website is performing, what's working and what isn't, and the things you can work on improving so that you can continue to show off your expertise and bring in more dream clients. Inside, you'll learn why website maintenance isn't something to put off until next week, 15 tasks you should be doing on a regular basis to maintain your website, and the tasks you need to do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. Get the guide at lemonandthesea.com slash maintenance. So what does my schedule look like? It's always changing. I thought that we were going to be able to get into a rhythm, and I've learned that that is not the case when you have little kids. Something is always throwing it off, or something always comes up. So Way back when, I did a week in the life of a creative entrepreneur. My life no longer looks anything like that. But I will walk you through kind of a rough outline of what I do with my days. So our son will usually sleep until about 8. He gets up at 6 when his dad leaves, and then he'll sleep till about 8. So a lot of times I'm sleeping that late just to catch up on rest. Then we get up. We walk the dog for a while, we get ready for the day, I eat breakfast and read my Bible. And then on Mondays, I do Pilates. So we go to Pilates and he stays in the child watch at the Y and gets to play there. And when we come home, he's tired out, so it's his first nap time. And I can use that time to get some work done before lunch. Once uh, he wakes up from his nap, we do lunch. So he started solids recently and we're doing his lunch, my lunch, and then in the afternoon, usually I can get a little bit more work in or I play with him depending on how it's going before his second nap. Sometimes that second one is in his crib and I can sit down at my computer. Sometimes it's on a walk. Lately, we've been walking a lot. But we always wrap up about four o'clock. That's usually the time he's just done with letting mom get any work and I'm okay with that. So That's basically how we schedule our Mondays. On Tuesdays, we do story time at the library instead of Pilates. It's shorter, and that makes it a little bit easier for nap times. He'll usually do two good naps on Tuesdays. Wednesdays, it's flexible what we're doing outside of the house. So, again, I work. We walk the dog in the morning. 
We'll get some work done. He'll do a nap. I usually try to work during his naps, but sometimes I sleep too because I need to catch up on sleep. And then in the evenings, after we're done with work, then I will make dinner. We'll eat together as a family. We'll play after dinner before his bedtime. And he's usually in bed by 7 or 7.30. One thing I've learned is that he really likes to be close. And so if you listen to the podcast episode last week, we talked with um, Skye and Mallory of Hope and Plum. And I have one of their ring slings and a couple other baby carriers. So I wear him a lot when I am just prepping stuff for dinner or when we're walking the dog. And that makes a big difference in our lives. It makes him happier. It makes my anxiety lessen. And it makes things a lot more convenient because I am holding him, but I've still got my hands free. Thursdays, we do Bible study. So he goes into the nursery at church and it's for two hours. It throws off our whole day, which means Thursdays, I am not getting a lot of work done. And when he was really little, I tried to get that done. And now I've just accepted that Thursdays, if I don't get to anything more than like answering a couple of emails, it's going to be okay. Fridays, I do my banking still. So that is my number one priority on Fridays. Some days, that's all we get to. Other days, I can get more work done. So it's all in one or two hour bursts that I'm sitting down to work on the business. And hopefully that'll change over time as he can be a little bit more independent in his play and we've got a really good nap rhythm down. But right now, that's what it looks like. And what I am constantly amazed by is I am still getting the same amount of client work done as I used to be when I sat at my computer for 30 or 40 hours a week. And that's because I've delegated some of the stuff I don't need to do. And I've really pared down on the other stuff that doesn't need to get done. You know, we're not doing a lot of extras right now. And that's okay because I'm still serving my clients. I'm still bringing in money and the business is still growing. So the other thing that we're doing, and I mentioned our Bible study, we're doing uh, the TechWise family there. And so we, as a family, are making some decisions about how we're approaching technology. It's always an interesting discussion when your job is designing websites, which means you're literally on a computer in front of a screen all day. But we have decided that it's really important to us that Daniel not be in front of a screen all of the time. And so during the day when I'm playing with him, I really try to keep the TV off, to not have my phone out all the time. I am not great at this. We are still learning and evolving, but we have just noticed in his behavior that if a screen is on, he's going to be watching it. And he's a very like active little guy. He wants to crawl around all the time. And so seeing him just lay there and stare at something doesn't feel right to me. You know, there are still times where he wants to nurse and I'm going to sit and watch a TV show because I could be holding him for an hour. And that's totally fine. And there have been times when we're in the car and he just will not stop crying and we've turned on an aquarium video on YouTube. It happens. But we are trying to be intentional with what it is that he's exposed to and how we're just engaging with him instead of putting him in front of a screen. We really want to see him one-on-one, get to know his personality, let him get all of those wiggles out. So I've mentioned a couple of resources that I've really liked. Um, Little Z Sleep has been great. I also really like Can Do Kiddo. She has a blog and an Instagram page where she's talking about activities for your little kids. And that's been really fun. It's gotten some good suggestions as far as age-appropriate play that they can do. That's where I got 
my water activity and some of the other stuff that we do. And it's just really helpful to have those resources so that when I am at kind of at a loss, I've got an expert to go to to just ask a question or look something up so that when I've got time and I want to intentionally play with our son, then I can look up an activity that would be good for him developmentally, that's easy to do with the stuff we have around the house, and I can pull all of that together really quickly because I'm not having to come up with the ideas, which I do not have the brain space to do right now. The other thing that I'm really loving is the Hope and Plum Facebook community. So we talked all about that in the episode last week, so make sure you check that out. But their community is really supportive, not just around ring slings and baby wearing, but all kinds of things, suggesting toys and activities and all kinds of stuff that really help when you're a mom and you are just trying to figure this out and survive. So I hope you will continue to forgive my poor son crying in the background. I want to wrap up today by giving you three action steps that you can take if you are ready to stop doing it all. Number one is make a list of the most important business and personal tasks that you need to take care of. You should talk this over with your spouse and your family and really figure out what are the top priorities and what are the things that can wait or maybe that you can delegate. Number two is find some friends or family members who can watch your kids for a few hours here and there when you need some concentrated work time or you need an uninterrupted shower. Not judging. Do either one of those things. Take a nap. But find some people who you trust and who are willing to help you on this parenthood journey. And number three is set aside some time to do something that fuels you. I know that that is easier said than done. I haven't been great at it all the time, but I can tell you that when I take some time to do something that I really love to do, recently I made our Halloween costume and I got to craft, you know, it might be just small home improvement projects that really lights me up and it fuels me and it makes it so much easier to then go back the next day and parent because I have gotten to do something that makes my heart happy. So I would really suggest those things to you and just think about them. It's not going to happen all the time, but make it a priority in your life if you can to do some of those things, to take a little bit of time to really do things that make you feel like you again. So that's really what I wanted to share today. I just wanted to give you guys partly an update on how things are going and partly talk about how we can so easily fall into this myth of having to do it all and having to do everything we've always done. And when you become a new parent or you get to a different stage of life or you're working two jobs, that's not always going to happen. And so that's okay. And what you need to do is figure out what it looks like for you to be a business owner and a wife and a mom and a caretaker and whatever else it is that you are in your life. If you liked this episode, I would really appreciate it if you would leave a rating and review on iTunes. Um, I think it's Apple Podcasts now. And let people know about the show. It helps other people find us and it helps me bring on guests to talk about all of these topics that are really helpful for us as we grow our businesses and focus on serving our clients well. Thanks for listening to Process to Profitability. Please take a minute to leave an honest review in iTunes so that I can help more small business owners and creative entrepreneurs find the show.